Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by TargetInternet.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers. And I'm Daniel Rolls. And today, Daniel, we're talking about where social listening fits into your social media strategy. We are. So we're going to look at some of the tools that are available and we'll do a bit of a review of that because the, the, the market and the environment has changed quite radically over the last few years. So we're going to talk to that a little bit. But the first point is just to start off and talk about where social listening actually fits in. So And it fits in a number of different stages. So social listening can start by informing you what are people talking about, what are they interested in, what are the topics of discussion that are actually generating engagement, but also who are the influencers who are the people that are talking about these things and who are the advocates? So it can start to inform you about a marketplace in the first place and give you some potentially strategic insights. Then you can use social listening to understand the reaction to what you're doing. So you maybe put some content out there, you're doing some social engagement, you can actually monitor what the reaction to that has been as well. And then hopefully gain further insights, other particular topics of conversation and so on as well. So you can monitor your results. But then thirdly, it kind of goes on, and actually you can use it for crisis management as well. Hopefully it can flag up for you when things have gone wrong or are going wrong, and it can allow you to see the results of those situations. So throughout any management of social media, using social media listening and monitoring tools is going to be essential, but it should be before you've even started, so you're getting insights in the first place. And one thing I would add to that, I think a lot of organisations really miss a trick on this because they go, oh, social media listening yeah that that social media right that's that's the social media team's job and and do you know what it's it's really not you know if you you wouldn't just look at analytics in isolation and give it to one team social listening gives you an insight into you know very broad swathes of your customer base um, and everybody at every level in an, a good organisation that's customer-centric, customer-focused, should be really, really interested in what actually people are, are, are saying about you online and how different things are being perceived. And it's very often because it's siloed like this. You know, bad stuff happens and stuff doesn't get attended to when it should and it can snowball and it can can, can escalate. But but more than that, rather than, than, than all, it all being stick and no carrot, there are some tremendous opportunities for product development and improvements in what you're offering your, your customers, which can really massively impact the, the, the bottom line and really help you within a, a very competitive space. So everybody should be making use of that. It shouldn't be something just consigned to the, the social media manager. Just to get an idea on this as well, one of the tools we're going to talk about that I'm a big fan of is Brandwatch. But what it's worth looking at, on the brandwatch.com website, they have a case studies kind of section. And it shows you how social listening can be used for strategic insights for the whole business. So the particular one I'm thinking of at the moment, there was one where they were looking at grocery retailers. So your kind of supermarkets and grocery delivery services around the world. And actually looking at their share of voice, i.e. how many people are talking about them, but also their sentiment. And you could start to understand, did that brand need to focus on growing or did they really need to focus on improving what people thought about them? But also, what were their threats in the market? Because they could see who had really good sentiment but was fairly small share at the moment and was growing quickly. So there's, there's some great strategic insights that actually can, can shape and mould the entire business not just content planning, but actually what the business needs to stand for, the brand positioning, all those kind of things. So don't underestimate the importance of some of these tools as well. 
So I've been on quite an interesting journey over the last week. I've been reviewing some of the old podcast episodes and really looking at some of the tools that we were mentioning back when we started. So cast your mind back, listeners, to kind of six, seven years ago. And the kind of tools that we were getting quite animated and excited about at the time, Daniel, were things like social mention, which is still there and still, I think, largely does what it what it did then. And also viral heat, which at the time I thought was an amazing tool. Um, but it's, it's interesting. And, and viral heat is no more. It, it it ceased trading a few years ago, I think. But um, social mentions certainly out there. But it's, it's interesting how, as the space has grown, our expectations of the tools have, have really snowballed. I think that's excellent. Absolutely, yeah. Because if you look at social mention, it looks... I mean, it is dated because it's been around for a while. And they have updated it a bit, I think. But we just have higher expectations of what we want from these tools in terms of not only the breadth of monitoring, and I'll talk to that in a moment, but also the analysis we get and so on as well. And I should add that we were looking we were looking for free tools, yeah. basically. And this so, is the challenge. Know, that, that, this is the challenge. And actually most uh, tools out there have a like a premium, premium set. But part of what I was trying to do is, right, let's find some free tools that don't cost any money that, that enable you to do effective social listening. And it, it was a bit of a challenge. I think this is because going back to my... Uh, point I made a moment ago which is about breadth there are so many social channels now so that's one of the things of growth in the last six or seven years it's not just about Facebook you know we maybe had Twitter as well but actually it's now about Instagram and LinkedIn more and it's going to be about um, Snapchat and all the other kind of places people are online but the reality is that in order to monitor those many channels and even just to monitor Twitter which is what a lot of them are starting to do is incredibly processor intensive in terms of computing power and in terms of storage. So actually expecting someone to give you a free social media monitoring tool that monitors all these social platforms, analyzes it, and gives you results, there is a, there's just a complete gap between expectation and actually the reality, the cost of doing these things, which is why some people created these free social listening tools, but they're very limited. And they always were kind of limited, but we didn't have much expectation, so therefore we didn't really mind that so much. So they probably looked at one or two social channels, only looked at the last few weeks of data and so on. Whereas actually, you've got websites and social monitoring tools now that are looking at tens of millions of sources of information. Mm. So not just Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and so on, but also looking at blogs and news forums and discussion groups and all those kind of things, taking all that information, giving me a historical view of it, and allowing you to analyse in a lot of different ways. There's also another process which is going on, which is as these tools evolve, they're becoming more and more sophisticated, more and more clever, and therefore, very naturally, they they get sucked into bigger and bigger programs. So I think you know I think Radian Six is a really good example of this, which is a you know really really robust. It was for a long time it was very much the industry standard. They carved a, a blazing trail through the whole social media listening space, and that was bought up by Salesforce.com. And actually, what they've very smartly done is integrated this into you know, a lot of the other in the cloud CRM. Uh, functions. So it, it, it's not just a tool working on its own. It's linked up to all your other business functions and, and really does tune into you know, what I was saying earlier about making sure this information is available at multiple levels. However, with that comes a cost. And that puts a lot of these tools out of reach for small to medium sized organisations. What I'd say as well is that actually a lot of small and medium organisations do not need this scale of monitoring mm. to some extent as well. I mean, one quick tip is that if you've got Hootsuite, 
So you're using Hootsuite for managing your social media. So if you're not familiar, Hootsuite allows you to manage multiple social platforms in one place. You can add a stream to Hootsuite, which is just a column of kind of information. And say you're in Twitter, you add a stream and you do a search stream. And basically, you stick a keyword in. So if you add a Twitter search stream, you put a keyword in, it will bring up all the recent tweets that mention that particular phrase. Now, what that means is very manual, but you can see all the tweets about that particular topic. So you can go through, and if it's your brand or your name or whatever else it may be, your product, you're able to go through and do that. But it's it's unfiltered. It's a basic view. It doesn't give you a historical view, but it's it's usable from a small business point of view, and it's it's free from that point of view. So we've got a range of tools. There are a lot of paid-for ones now. The market has changed. We Our expectations have changed in these kind of things. So we need to just review a few of these tools and look at actually which ones are great and which ones aren't. So let's let's start with 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 the sort of top of the tier, mm. I would say top draw um, stuff, which is brand wash. Daniel, tell us a little bit about because you use it quite a bit. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it, and I, I generally use it with a lot of brands, the bigger brands that we're working with, but also for research into if we're going to write an article. Um, so, say for example, we wrote an article recently as part of the, the last book that I wrote. We were doing something about social media disasters. And I wanted to know, what is it, if you talk about social media disasters online, that people are really discussing and debating and talking about? So we could go off, find out where the conversations were happening online. The majority was in Twitter, but there was a lot on forums and discussion groups as well. But we were also able to understand sentiment. Now, Brandwatch is very good at sentiment analysis, which is actually some of the tools are terrible at it, but it's, it's pretty good at sentiment analysis. Because what you're really trying to do in sentiment analysis is some real language processing and essentially artificial intelligence to some extent which is actually analyzing language and saying is this good or bad because for example if you're a charity that talks about poverty um a lot of the time every tweet you look at that the, the tool is going to turn around and say oh this is a this is a negative tweet because it's mentioned the word poverty so you can't have that so you need to teach you that actually it's a neutral word because that's what you're talking about so it's great for sentiment analysis and it essentially is giving me great insights in this particular case what it told us was the the majority of conversations was about fixing social media disasters. It wasn't about preparing for them and it wasn't about avoiding them in the first place. So our insight very clearly from that is that people really need to focus more on the avoiding and then preparing for side of things. So great for researching topics. It does all the standard kind of things, but it does some really clever things as well. So you, you start by creating something called a query. And a lot of them work in the same way. A query is literally a set of words or phrases that you want to monitor. So I might monitor social media disaster, I might put social media crisis, but I can put negative keywords in. So I don't want natural disaster, for example, as a phrase in there, but I can take it a whole stage further. I can exclude certain hashtags, I can include or exclude certain resources in particular. And it's basically building a set of rules that can be quite complicated about the topics and the, the phrases and so on that I want to monitor. Then it will give me a dashboard which I can manipulate and I can create custom dashboards and word clouds and influencer reports. So really clever stuff. One of their recent things is you can do brand monitoring using your logo. So not only will it monitor words and phrases, but it will monitor where your logo shows online. But not only where your entire logo shows up online, where bits of it show up in the background of pictures. So if I give you an example, if you're a brand and you're on every high street, and essentially there might be a news story about something terrible happening, a car crash on a high street, and your brand's in the background of that picture. You probably want to know about that. You probably want to be aware of it so you can kind of see the conversations that are going on and how your brand is showing up. And this will match partial bits of images to logos and so on as well. So really top-tier tool. 
um, does multiple languages. So I think 27 different languages, if I'm not correct. I think it monitors something like 90 million different websites. Um, it's really thorough. It gives you huge allow- amounts of flexibility. It's probably one of the, the best tools that's out there. But it has a price tag that goes with it accordingly. So you're not going to be spending, you know, $20, $30 a month on this as well. Um, they've got different price brackets, but you're, you're talking many hundreds, if not thousands, um, or the low thousands of, of pounds a month for big brands to use this. So it's not going to be suitable for the, the smaller business end of things as well. So great tool, well worth looking at. But that's, that's the kind of top tier. So if you're a big brand or you've got a big project, that's where you're going to kind of start maybe. Fantastic. And the other one we wanted to mention, which isn't isn't quite as premium, but still very rich and, and full featured, is is clear.com. That's K-L-E-A-R.com. Tell us about that, Daniel. Clear is actually very is is there to identify social influencers and it's been around for a long time. And there is a free bit of this, I should say. So if you sign in with your Twitter account, Clear has a great bit of functionality that's really useful. So you can go in, log in with your Twitter account, and then you can search on a topic and it will tell you the top influencers in that particular area, which is not obviously pure social listening. But you can go to those influencers and you can see what they've been speaking about that's the most popular. You can see um, someone's level of influence, but how that compares against other people. So it will give you some insights into particular topics and so on. And the paid-for version gives you loads more insights as well. You can do more geographic targeting and so on. I just like it from the fact it gives you a bit of a dashboard. And understanding what influencers are talking about will hopefully inform how you and what you could be talking about as well within any particular topic area as well. So it's one of the few tools that um, it's very rich in features. There is a free version. And actually, even uh, the full cost version, you're not talking thousands of pounds. You're talking kind of hundreds or, or kind of, um, of dollars or pounds when you're looking at that as well. So it's, it's well worth looking at. And I, I love it for influencer research. The one thing I say with influencer research, because it's the free trial, it gives you the very top influencers. And something I've mentioned previously is you don't always want to go for the very top influencers <laughs> because you can't get to those people. So you probably want to take it down a notch and look for those slightly less influential people that still have got reach. Um, so actually, from that point of view, it's the free version is going to be limited from that point of view. But it's good for insights. They've still got reach and they're grounded. <laughs> yeah, I should say Kieran has a, a, a very Ooh, reasonable bugbear, I would say, yeah. about this. That actually go... Every conference at the moment, it's about social influencers. And they show these vloggers with kind of 50 million followers. And what happens is you end up paying these people. Um, you're not going to get much greater level of influence than that. Um, and actually, their engagement with you is actually very shallow. Whereas actually, if you take someone with a slightly less level of influence, you can engage with them in reality. They might actually be genuine interest in your product or service. And you can build a much deeper relationship. So we've spoken about this before, but I think you know, Clear is great for that. Um, but you, you're going to need past the top 10 results to do that effectively, really. I spent a bit of time on their website, and I thought they had some really good learn how to use clear videos mm. as well, some really interesting insights. There was one I watched on um, finding um, good uh, uh, influencers on, on Instagram, which isn't an area that I'd ever really explored before. So, uh, so yeah, if you're interested in that, go and take a look at that. So it's clear.com, but K-L-E-A-R.com. Now... The next thing I want to move on to is a couple of more reasonably priced tools um, that I've been experimenting with over the last week or so. By reasonably priced, I was looking for something that actually offered something for free or with a like a, a free 14-day trial. And then after that, wasn't too badly priced either. Now, all, all of the 
products in this space tend to do a similar thing. They sort of band you into sort of gold, silver and bronze. And actually the bronze level packages, which are perfectly adequate for, you know, entry into this space for certainly for freelancers or, or for a small organization, start at around $49 a month, which I think is pretty, pretty good actually for the for the power that you give they give you. Now, they're not, they are I don't know, actually. I think if you put a lot more effort into them, they could be just as effective uh, as as some of the the, the more automated and, and, and much more expensive tools. Um, but you do need to, certainly in my experience, you need to put the effort into setting up your filters effectively. You know, if you don't do the time to do that, so for instance, we typed in the digital marketing podcast. And if I just left that, I get a load of trash sent through to me every every day. And actually, they've all got really good filtering functionality built into them. It works slightly differently. So the first one I want to talk about is Brand24, which uh, actually, when I first saw it, I really loved the interface, really nicely laid out, very graphical. You know, it breaks everything down really, really nicely. You've got a multitude of, of different areas that are covered. So, you know, I can choose to uh, set up my, my searches and I can choose to view them by, by channel. There are lots of filters and stuff in there. And actually, the filtering was fairly effective uh, as well within that. And, and again, as I said, that starts at around $49 a, a, a month. The free trial, definitely worth giving a, giving a go. I think a lot of these things might come down to sort of personal preferences, but I think they do offer a free 14-day trial for you to, to try out and, and set a few searches up. It's quite interesting when you start to do this, you realise that, you know, you can group your searches together. And a lot of the tools sort of work on that sort of folder structurally you're you're limited in how many responses they'll send you back in most cases because actually that's what's costing them a lot of money imagine you have got a hundred different organizations that sign up for your bronze level package and they're all tracking unlimited numbers of 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 phrases that's going to be massive massive bills on the data front for, for that one of the things to be aware of is actually for each of these tools which platforms they're monitoring so do they look at Twitter and Facebook or they're looking at LinkedIn and news forums and all those kind of things as well? And it's really what's important. And you don't need one that monitors everything if you're not interested in every single channel. So I think that's an important note to make. Also, just because you can access Twitter data doesn't mean you can access all of the Twitter data historically. It's only the higher end tools. So for example, Brandwatch is a Twitter partner, which means they've got access to the entire what's referred to as the fire hose, all the data coming out of Twitter, but actually all the historical data as well, which is unusual because the amount of processing power is actually insane that's involved in doing that as well. So just look, I mean, don't need everything. I don't need all of the Twitter data going back to the beginning of time, but you may. So it's really about actually what channels do you need and what level analysis do you need. The one I'd always look out for is geo-targeting in that you can have access. A lot of the free tools used to do this. They would tell you all the people mentioning a particular word or phrase, but you couldn't geo-filter it, which actually made a lot of the data useless. So make sure you can geo-filter as well. Yeah, and both of these tools offer that. So just to round up on Brand24, for for the, the budget price of $49 a month, you can track up to five keywords and you'll actually get up to 50,000 mentions a, a month, which is one of the more generous Absolutely. Um, alliances. Really. It only gives you one user, but that's that, that's the sort of level that they're, they're starting at. I, I really like this tool. Um, definitely gave me a good impression on, on first using it. The next one I want to move on to is called Media Toolkit. And Media Toolkit has a, a, a similar kind of set of, of, of features you can you can follow up to three different subjects in their trial plan which is what what i did and actually to to give them their due what i think is interesting they have a completely free version of the platform as well which is once your trial is ended if you don't put your credit card in it it defaults to that but it 
does give you a level of social listening for, for free, which I'd not seen elsewhere. And obviously, if you pay a bit more, you get a bit more in terms of the features. But do take a look at it. What I found I particularly like with Media Toolkit was their filtering and the way you go about filtering is particularly good. So you can use lots of and if but statements to really hone in on, on what you feel. So when you set the, these keyword phrases up, you get the option of you know testing it out and highlighting ones that aren't relevant. You can sign a, select them and say, no, exclude this kind of context, Brilliant. which is really, really useful. And, and actually, I, I spent about an hour setting up a whole bunch of filters on our, our brand terms. We looked at Target Internet, Daniel's name, my name, our Twitter handles, the Digital Marketing Podcast. And actually, at the end of it, I'm getting some really useful reports sent through to me every day. So really loving it. The, the other thing I want to give a little bit of shout out for them on is of all the companies that I researched, they're the only ones who picked up the phone and actually spoke to me. And the call wasn't salesy. It was kind of, they just wanted to make sure that I was okay with it all. And was there anything that they could help me with, which I thought was really, really cool. And actually, in today's day and age of automated email responses, that really made them stand out for me. This is really interesting. I hate people phoning me. I think, I, well, I do, and I think I'm a bit odd on that thing. I don't really like people phoning me. I generally, I, do you know what? Actually, I don't answer my phone if I don't know the number. Do pretty you? much universally, really? which is, you know, I don't take customer service calls, luckily, because that would be a real problem. Yeah, yeah. But I think it, it depends how you want to be contacted. But I am actually, if you get a call or you get an email as well, it doesn't how you, matter how you do it. That is genuinely helpful and isn't trying to sell you something that's great. My my fear is always you put your telephone number in and then you start getting bombarded with sales calls. And there are quite a few brands that are very guilty of this and they just don't let go. And I know one brand in particular that had a no dead leads policy, which was basically <laughs> they would phone you until you told them to stop. Wow. So I think it depends on preference. But I think you're absolutely right. If someone can phone you and be delightful and be pleasant and be human, and it's clear they're not trying to sell you something, actually, it does work from that point of view as well. I remember seeing a chart of preferred ways of communicating with people, and it was kind of at the top, email and SMS, and it went down. And my, I think with me, phone calls were about eighth, and at the very bottom was LinkedIn messages, just because I miss LinkedIn messages all the time <laughs> you as well. Both. So, yeah, so just I think everyone's the same. So choose Mate. your preference. But I think you're right. It's about, it's about as long as you don't try and sell yeah, to me. Yeah, maybe it's influenced by the fact that I'm on the other way and we get quite excited when people get in touch. <laughs> wow. Because well, no, it was from, a, from an overseas phone. It's like, oh, this could be important. This is how we think on the other <laughs> way. But that's, that's, that's an entirely different episode. Entirely different episode. So, yeah, check out mediatoolkit.com. I think they're a bit fab and I like the way they do it. They've also got sentiment scoring, which actually all of the tools have. Mm. It's probably worth just dwelling on sentiment scoring. It's quite an interesting one. Sentiment analysis is very often got wrong because if all you do is look at the words, then it's very easy to draw the incorrect conclusion. So um, one of my favourite stories in this was was a political one, which don't worry, I won't go into politics too much, but the reality was there's a politician in the UK, a guy called Nick Clegg, and um, I won't talk about it too much, but basically the BBC were reporting on Nick Clegg, and they said, oh dear, everything's gone very wrong for Nick Clegg in the last couple of weeks. There's very, very negative sentiment on social media. And uh, I said, okay. And then you look into the data, and what was brilliant, what happened is that everyone felt at the time, and whether you agree with this or not, it's, it's irrelevant, they said, oh, Nick Clegg was getting the blame for everything in this particular scenario, this particular chap. And um, so someone started a hashtag, a brilliant hashtag called Blame Nick Clegg. <laughs> and so basically what you do is that anything went wrong, you just hashtag it, Blame Nick Clegg. So someone would oh, my souffle collapsed. <laughs> hashtag Blame Nick Clegg. <laughs> so what happened is the BBC at a very basic level had been monitoring this hashtag and had not really noticed what was going on. Had gone, oh, yeah, not lots of negative sentiment about this particular person, but actually it was people messing around online with a hashtag. Mm. So 
those kind of things can go wrong. People can use a word in a different context. So you kind of need a learning process. Some of them allow you to say, yes, I agree, or no, I disagree with how you've interpreted this. Others use artificial intelligence and so on. But it's not always right, and it always kind of needs manual review. So we had this this week when I was monitoring stuff around your Twitter account, mm. and there was a negative mention. Thought, What's mm. this? And it, it was a conversation you were having with somebody where they explained that they'd been using a tool and they didn't get on with it. So I've removed it was the response that they gave. Right. And that was highlighted as a, as a negative thing. And, and I was like, my goodness, has Daniel upset somebody? And dug, dug into it. When you see it in context, it's like, ah, OK. See, I could see how that would be taken as negative, but it wasn't. It was talking about something else. We've had it before because we tend to, when we speak at conferences, try and be a bit controversial. Uh, and you'll say things like, everything we measure is wrong. And um, all digital measurement is a waste of time and these kind of things. And then people go, oh, it's a really negative. And actually, it's not. So I think you do need to manually review this stuff as well. So I've got one more tool that's in this space. And this is an interesting one. uh, It's not quite social media listening. But for those of you not interested in social media listening, if you're into social media in any way, form, shape or capacity, this is going to be one that you're going to remember. Definitely good. So we said it last. It's called Hashtagify. Hmm. Daniel, just want to explain what Hashtagify does. So if you've ever looked at uh, Answer the Public, which is the tool that basically goes off and tells you what are the popular things that people have been searching for based on a lot of the data from Google kind of suggest or Google complete when it you start searching something and it completes it for you. And you're, you may know from Answer the Public, it gives you this little chart of what's been popular in people's searches. Well, this is doing the same kind of thing for the popularity of hashtags. So it gives you a little representation. You start off with a particular word or phrase, and it then shows you connected words or phrases, but in this case, the hashtags. So uh, actually, I do think it works from a social monitoring point of view. You can see the kind of stuff that people are talking about that's popular and which hashtags have actually caught on and which people are using. Well, it's graphical as well. So Mm. if if a hashtag's more popular, it has a bigger circle in the node around it. So it's quite good. You can sort of see, oh, yeah, that's kind of twice as popular as as that, but maybe not the right context for what I'm after. I I think it's a really good thing when you're kind of writing your, 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 your tweets or crafting things to say that you can sort of chip into it and see... What, what kind of hashtags there are. One thing I would caution, though, on this is you definitely need to take a look and do a search on that hashtag before you use it because the context can catch you out horribly. So don't fall into that. It's a useful tool and it gives you access to data, but know what you're doing before you jump in. Daniel, you want to add something into that? I yeah, can tell. absolutely. So I've seen this lots of times where people have gone, that's a good hashtag, we'll start using that. And they've just either accidentally completely tried to hijack someone else's hashtag that's been used for a particular thing. We used to, when he used to do the internet marketing podcast many years ago, we had IMPC, mm-hmm. hashtag internet marketing podcast, perfectly mm-hmm. fine. Someone hijacked it to mean I'm PC, as in I'm politically correct, when they were being completely the opposite of, of being politically correct. So they would come out, say something uh, racist, homophobic, bigoted, whatever, it was, pretty awful stuff coming out, and they'd have that hashtag IMPC. So suddenly what started happening is that we'd be putting out our stuff and we were having these really – so we had to drop it. We had to just lose the, the hashtag overall. Um, so just think about you. there is no central repository. You do not own a hashtag. So people can hijack them. You can use them in different ways. So you just want to make sure it's the appropriate hashtag to use. And then also think about would someone else jump on this and use it a different way? And don't just use one because it's really popular. Mm. Um, there's been, there was a couple of terrible examples where there was um, various news stories breaking you know, about war and things like that. And people would use them to try and get attention to their furniture sale. So, and that's a true example. So just be very cautious in how you use them and just be a little bit aware of what could go wrong. Well, it ties into social listening, doesn't it? You have to listen 
to how something's being used before it gets used, which, you know, if you've got a good social media monitoring and listening service set up, you know, you've got that base covered. And the last one to mention is mention.com. So mention.com monitors a handful of platforms. And this has been out there for a long while. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good it's little tool. It, it only really monitors a handful of platforms, and it's relatively simple. It'll give you reports on where you are being mentioned online. But actually, what I'd suggest is that you don't necessarily need all singing or dancing tools. And unless you've got the need for those, actually, it's going to get in the way anyway. So it will mention a handful of tools, give you a bit of a monitoring report, starts at $30 a month thereabouts, I think. So well worth taking a look at. So the key advice is work out which channels you actually need to monitor, work out where that fits into your social media management process, and then select the tools appropriately, but try them out. And as Kieran was saying a moment ago, it's really down to personal taste a lot of the time. But there are free trials for most of these tools. So I would get in there and, and play around them, see what you actually think. And I would really encourage you to do that because actually just on the pricing summary, there's so much in them that, that isn't obvious. Um, so like with MediaKit, I noticed they do they do actually offer live on the fly mention monitoring. So they'll email you. They do warn you that it'll fill your inbox up really, really quickly. And I, I definitely wouldn't recommend switching it on until you've set up those all important filters. But yeah, it kind of almost acts as a bit of an alternative to, to, to Google. Google. It's Google Alerts. Google Alerts. It was always terrible. Yeah. I don't know why everyone liked it in the first place, but anyway... <laughs> Uh, the, the, so it's still going? I think it is still out there. Yeah, we'll have to have a check. So the, the key thing is pick the ones you need, work out why you're actually going to use it and try them out and work out what you actually want and why you're going to use it and build it into your social media management process. Thank you for listening. If you know of any other tools, please do get in contact. If you are someone that has their own tool as well, if you're a company that has a tool, please get in contact as well. We're always happy to try new tools out and we'll speak to you again on the Digital Marketing Podcast. <laughs>